Welcome to the Local Marketing Institute podcast. Learn practical and trustworthy digital marketing tactics from the best local marketing experts in the world. Access show notes and our entire library of free training videos at localmarketinginstitute.com. And now, here's your host, Eric Shanefelt. Good afternoon, everyone, or morning, depending upon where you're located. Welcome to this week's uh, Q&A session here at Local Marketing Institute. Hope you're having a great week. Um, very excited that not only are we back, Ben and Jason are back from PubCon, but we also have a very, very special guest. Uh, Greg Gifford is joining us here, and he'll be popping on here in just a second. Um, but very honored to have Greg here with us. Great guy. If you haven't seen some of his videos, he does. He's just consummate teacher and just knows his stuff. So we're excited to have you here, Greg. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Super excited to be here. Hey, and Eric, now you've got the trifecta. You have three product experts. I do. I do. Now, now we just need to get Joy on here as well and a couple others, and then we can be, we could just be kicking butt with this. We could do that. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, hey, just Look quickly. Look at the difference, though, of the picture that's on the screen and like yeah. all the white I've got now. Like, <laughs> ugh. Well, dude, that's that. So that's my. If you ever look at my social media profile picture, unfortunately, like taken eight years ago. Um, yeah. Be, be, before I had teenagers, and I've got a lot more, lot more gray because of the teenagers. That's what all now. this is, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, just a little bit of quick housekeeping, and I want to jump right in because we got a lot of questions that have come through. Um, yeah, Stephen says, "Hey, the white hair just means you're smarter." <laughs> Thanks, man. And I agree. Um, hey, if you want to get a hold of Greg, you can find Greg at searchlabdigital.com or at Greg Gifford on Twitter. Uh, ben, you can find him at studydemand.com or at the social dude. And with Jason, you can find him at reviewfraud.org or at Kaiser Holiday on Twitter. So uh, good place to get it, get connected and make sure you stay in touch and follow those guys. Really good stuff. Um, hope you're joining our uh, Facebook group. We actually have uh, several questions that came in from the Facebook group this past week that we're going to be covering here today. So make sure you join that. It's growing rapidly. Really good folks on there um, and a very strong group that's very collaborative and helpful and no spam. Our resident spam expert, Jason Brown, stomps down any spam in the, in the group before it even gets started. So thanks, JB. Um, then obviously, if you're not able to uh, join us live or watch the recording, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Local Marketing Institute Podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcasting platform near you. So that's pretty much it. I'm going to pop that off and we're going to go dive in here and get started. Uh, let me bring up all my little notes over here and get that going here. Got to, I really do need to get that third monitor. Ben, it's just been crazy without it here. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's let's but turn it vertical, and so you've got like a big one in the middle and regular ones on the side, just because that would be a great idea exactly. too. That'd be a great idea too. I mean, you, you think with the, with the two monitors it'd be enough, but it, it winds up I need I need a third monitor, a piece of presentation notes, other things here. But the dude in the same office building here, he's got the big curved screen gaming monitor that's like super wide, and then he's got a second one vertical, so he's got like a monitor that's like four feet hall, four feet off his desk. Oh, like that's crazy. crazy. I want that curved one. The new curved one from Samsung. Oh, my God. Jason uses a monitor just for just for constant spam fighting on the side. <laughs> um, hey, I wanted to dive in. First of all, welcome back, guys. All three of you were at PubCon. And uh, I would love to get just a little quick update from what you guys saw, what was going on down there, any key things happening that might be applicable to, uh, to our audience here. Uh, also, I'm very interested to learn a little bit more about this kind of definitive photo that came out of PubCon, which is making the rounds on social media now. So um, Ben, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about what kind of you saw down there. Yeah, I mean, there's, believe it or not, there's actually not that much to go over, right? I mean, PubCon was great. Um, you know, Jason, Greg, and I were all there. We were all speaking. Uh, Jason and I actually spoke. He, he went before me. He was talking about spam, of course. And I was talking about reinstatements and suspensions, of course. And Greg, what were you talking about, actually? Spam and suspensions. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did a session. Well, so I did the... Local SEO masterclass the day before the conference. So it was like an all day thing. So it was like three hours of me talking 
everything related to organic, local. And then Damon Gochner did three hours of everything related to local when it comes to the paid side of things. Then on the regular conference, he and I also did a session where he talked about GMB signals that affect local visibility. And I talked about all the other signals that affect local visibility. Sweet, sweet. Um, yeah. And actually shout out to Trisha. Trisha Clements was there. So we got to see her in person and hang out. And so that was a real, real treat. So, um, but overall, I mean, it was nice. The attendance was good. Spirits were high. There was a lot of information going on. And uh, I want to just give kudos to Brett and the entire PubCon team and everybody who did show up because it was a fantastic event. It was nice and it was really, really cozy. So any major kind of revelations come out of this that you guys caught on or just, hey, you know, it's really the same issues we've been dealing with here, just reinforced. Just the Morty meme. <laughs> yeah, just the Morty meme. This is awesome. I mean, I, I, frankly, this is pretty much anybody dealing with local SEO issues these days. This is, I think, a good pose for them on that. Yeah, this was, uh, this was generated because it took Morty 45 minutes just to buy two tickets to the ball game because <laughs> of uh, UX issues and not making things easy for, for people. And, and, like, and the, the best part is like, we work in tech and we could not navigate all these snafus and new steps and new processes. So it took us 45 minutes to get tickets. We went to the game and had fun. But yeah, this meme is going wild on uh, on social media right now. As the, as the kids say, it's gone viral. All right. Well, let's let's dive on in here. We got a tons of questions coming in, but good to have you guys back. Greg, great to have you here. Uh, and uh, we've got lots of questions coming in. Guys, if you're watching us live here right now, uh, please do submit your questions via the Q&A. That's the best place to, uh, to, for us to, to watch. If you're watching us on our Facebook group, we're monitoring the comments there. Um, but that's probably the best place to, to do that here. Um, diving on a couple of quick updates. I uh, wanted to just tackle, tackle into one thing here. We have, um, this happened actually a little, just a, uh, about a week ago or so. I uh, want to make sure you guys are aware that Yelp has updated some additional uh, COVID attributes on here. Uh, if you're requiring proof of vaccination, if your staff's vaccinated, require masks, don't require masks. I don't want to turn this into a political thing. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, just make sure you know that these things are out there. Uh, whether it's on Google My Business, whether it's on Yelp, but it's on other platforms, make sure you're checking this information and updating it regularly. For instance, uh, I don't actively work with these folks, but uh, they let me kind of watch their listings for them. And I noticed that they're actually open right now and they're receiving people in person, but they haven't yet updated their COVID message on their Yelp listing. And they actually do get quite a few inquiries. I think they're getting, you know, eight or 10 inquiries a week off of Yelp. Uh, for their for their accounting business. So uh, just something to make sure you guys are aware, go in here, check this out. Always check out the listings, make sure you have some extra attributes on that. So I wanted to make sure we just cover that and let them know that those have rolled out. Um, ben, you had some quick things about some GMB categories and how they work with service area businesses versus what storefront businesses. Do you want to go over that real quickly? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so this this is a brand spanking new, actually, as of pretty much this week. And um, so yeah, so so basically, what it comes down to is is that GMB is kind of cleaning up the experience for the differentiation between a service area based business and a storefront. And you know, historically, you've been able to, uh, for instance, say do a bakery for a a service area based business. Well, that kind of doesn't make sense. If you're looking for a bakery, you're probably looking for a place to go. And the th same thing goes for, I think, like car shop or tire shop, I believe is what it, it was. Um, you know, so there's, a, there's quite a few examples. Uh, I think uh, actually Joy covers a lot of those too. I think we cover them as well. So, but it's not that they're removing categories for service area-based businesses. It's just a clarification. So an SAB will not say, for instance, be able to use that category of bakery anymore. Instead, you know, the guidance is to find another category, basically, that is more applicable to your business. That's basically it. Right. I do think it is important to know that from a perspective of a service area business, those categories are no longer available, but they're still Correct. in Google My Business. It's just only available to physical locations at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, the, and 
And the other, the other caveat to that is we are also noticing that there's some nuances that Google may have overlooked. So like right now, if somebody came to the forum because they couldn't use home inspector as their category because they're an SAB, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think Google still try to, has to come out and figure out the nuances to which categories can and can't be used for SABs because there's, there's a lot of ambiguity at the moment. Yeah, and the big thing is here is, is look, if you can't find a category that is applicable to you and it's not available for an SAB, then come to the forum and basically explain what your issue is, explain the problem, you know, maybe even explain your business model. Um, you know, again, back to the bakery person, you know, they said, well, my, you know, I sell it mainly online, but, you know, I send it out to people locally, basically, or I deliver it locally. And they said, that's how, what my business is. Okay. So it's like, okay, well, you're not a baker then. I mean, technically, yes, you are a baker. You're baking things, but you're not like a bakery. So. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting, I think, um, up for interpretation here. I'll be interested to see how well this, this, this does. Because honestly, if I'm looking for a bakery to like cater an event or get something from, I'm going to be searching up bakery. Not, and, and, and I think this will be an interesting one. Actually, Joey just put in the chat here, said that Google changed mobile RV repair businesses, that they now have to use RV supply store, which makes absolutely no sense, which I, I, I kind of agree. You know, uh, RV true. supply store sounds like it should be a storefront. Yeah, I would report that one in the forum. That one shouldn't be true because it says store. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Again, as you mentioned, you're supposed to be an anti-spam measure, but it's one of those things where it may actually wind up. Uh, I, I bet there's going to be some big clarifications of this down the road. Probably. All right. We're going to move right along here. Um, we have JB, some uh, listings that are not showing up. So a good, great question from Lauren Miller uh, says, hey, my customer has a roofing company. We do have a storefront address on their GMB page. Uh, they've had reviews submitted recently from happy customers, but they're not showing up or show up and then disappear. Uh, this is because Google views them as not a real storefront or why? Would it be better to direct reviews to local service ads? Well, okay, so Google is... is trying their their darndest to um, clean up the review space. And so there, there is a very super aggressive, egregious uh, review filter that's happening. We are seeing tons of, of threads on the GMB forum where people are saying, my customer, you know, uh, uploaded uh, or left reviews. Um, I got a screenshot of it. The review is showing up in, in the client's dashboard or in the client, client's profile, but it's not showing up for the business themselves. Um, yeah, we, we've been escalating a lot of these questions going back and forth to the GMB team. Sometimes the reviews are being filtered because they violate some form of terms of service. Um, if they do, they don't tell us. Um, we're, but we're seeing like, I'm not even sure what the percentage was. And I tried to get a clarification from Google today. Like, is it, is it 25% that are, you know, being restored or, or 75% that are being restored out of the cases we're submitting? I mean, we, you know, we have seen instances where they we've escalated issues to the to the community managers and they've been able to see that there was an issue but it's just it's something that's been happening but i mean yeah if you're good if you've got a way to you know send reviews to lsa i would send reviews as many reviews as you can to lsa um lsa is going to be a, a little bit more powerful i, I believe Ben, 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 squirming in in his seat right now. Ben, yeah, Ben, Ben, ben squirming. Obviously, he has a, a different viewpoint. So, Ben, why don't you chip in on that well, one? Well, and the why, others why I say LSA is because I think LSA has, has a lot more is a lot more powerful at the moment because there's a lot more visibility on that. We're definitely seeing um, seeing that it, it's more prominent than we're seeing a lot of GMB listings. So that's my take on it. If you can't get a if you can't get a review on GMB, then let's see if we can get it on LSA because they're two different beasts. Yeah, and, and, and in that vein, yes, getting them on LSA versus GMB, if they're not going on to GMB, is valid. But you have to actually have the booked deal from LSA to even do that. So if it's just a user who's just purchased service from you and didn't come via LSA, you can't actually solicit that verified review. Um, so that's going to be your one big issue there. The other big issue with LSA is this, is that 
Uh, and I'm going to get to a reason here, by the way, that everybody's going to probably want to know. But anyway, the other big thing is, is that when somebody leaves an LSA review, you can't actually reply to that review. <clears throat> the next thing that's important to understand is, is that we don't know where LSA is going to be three, four or five years from now. We don't even know if it's going to be there. We don't know if they're going to remove those verified reviews. So um, they're very detached in that sense from GMB. So like my guidance for our LSA clients is, is that you get three reviews on GMB to one review on LSA. The reason for this is this, is that I'm interesting to see if anybody knows this or not, but a verified review does not have any better ranking benefit for LSA versus a GMB review. So they're, they're actually equal. Um, I think personally they should be a higher weight, but they're not. So, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, so those are the kind of caveats there um, is those types of things. And by the way, just for everybody, just to make sure we're not throwing out just terms that people aren't familiar with, LSA, local service ads, a specific kind of ad that you find in Google search specifically for service area businesses of, of certain categories. Uh, we're actually going to have a, hopefully a session here in the near future specifically on LSAs, which I think will be very helpful for, for everybody. But, um, you know, I think we're kind of almost saying the thing, same thing here, Jason, Ben, is that, um, you know, we're having some disappearing review issues. That's got to pop up. You know, LSA reviews do have value, but, you know, Ben, I think your ratio of three GMB reviews to one LSA review might be a good rule of thumb. Um, but any other thoughts on that one, Jason, before we kind of move on to a different subject? Welcome no, back, Craig. Good. Sorry about that, guys. Zoom decided to totally crash out on me. So that's okay. That's okay. Go ahead, Jason. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move on then here. Uh, there is a, another one out here about listings disappearing from Google My Business. So uh, this has been a very interesting challenge one here. I saw you wince at that one, Greg. Do you have any thoughts on that one or do you want to let, let our friend Ben tackle that one? Yeah, oh, I'm just wincing because it's, it's a painful thing that's happening. I, we let Ben tackle it since he wrote the uh, post about it. All right. Why don't you go forward, Ben? Yeah. Okay. This is this is not relatively new either. No, this is not. As a matter of fact, I think we talked about this, what, like not even two weeks, three weeks ago, something like that. Mm. Um, so the, the outstanding bugs in this search engine journal article are still here. Um, the vanishing listings one in particular, basically what we have kind of found out is, is that 9.5 times out of 10, it is because a user, which is on the account, has gone ahead and removed the, the listing from GMB. Now, usually what will end up happening is, is somebody will come to the forum and they'll say, I've had X amount of listings dis disappear overnight from Google My Business. And uh, well, yes, that's, that's a harrowing experience. Uh, we say, okay, well, give us the email address and the name of the listings, and we'll ask Google to see if they can find them. Google can't find them, but we'll look. So they look at it, and then they'll come back and say, yep, on this date, this user removed this listing, uh, you know, basically is what will end up happening. So every time I've responded, it, that's what it's been. And every time I ask, before I can escalate, uh, we have to ask, okay, well, did you ask everybody who was on that listing? Did anybody remove it? They all come back and say, oh, yeah, we asked everybody. Nobody removed it. Well, mm. somebody did. So what my guidance would be is, is look, yes, it sucks when a listing is, is, dis disappears and you don't know what happened, but you do need to ask everybody because eventually what will end up happening is, is if we get too many of these false positives, which is basically what it is, then GMB is going to stop answering these questions. So please do your due diligence. Please ask everybody. And yes, uh, Amy, yes, they can tell us who removed it from the dashboard um, or at least the email address. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that's basically really it. All right, let's move on. Um, Greg, this is a great one. I think this would be a great one for you to, you to tackle here. Uh, so Paul uh, asked a question in our Facebook group. It says, does Google provide any guidelines for how to set up GMB accounts for franchises. 
Should they be created with separate, separate business Google accounts? Should they be created with a franchisor account as the primary owner? Uh, does Google make a distinction between a business that has multiple locations or one as a franchise or franchisee? Um, how, does this, how does this work? And I will throw this out that Tony uh, Wang, thank you to you, Tony, did put out a great comment out there with a link to uh, this particular post. But in general, what are your thoughts on this, Greg? And what are you seeing as the best way for people to set up franchise? So I, I hate to be that guy. Actually, I don't hate to be that guy. I think it's comedy gold to answer SEO questions this way, but it depends. Uh, <laughs> there's no official guideline. So there's nothing official that, that says, hey, if you're a franchise, <laughs> here's how you do it. Uh, I've seen it done all sorts of ways. If the business that is franchising out locations wants to control everything, then they'll have it all in their account. And that's how they have it set up. A lot of the times they don't really care. They let the individual franchisees do it however they want. And those franchisees can set it up in their own accounts, whether they set it up separately or as an agency account or a location group or whatever doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, Ben and I were talking about this, you know, the, what was it you were saying? It's like, you know, there are issues that come up if you set it up individually and then I don't know, we just talked about this 20 minutes ago and I don't remember what it was you said. But yeah, there's no guideline to answer the main question no real guideline. You can kind of do it however it works for you. Well, there's not an official guideline, but there's definitely, there's definitely some, some, some guidelines. So working with a nationwide um, phone provider, and I can't say who, but uh, we tried to get their franchisees uh, to get access to ownership, access to their listings. And GMB team came in and said, nope, sorry, it belongs to the brand. Um, but like Greg says, I mean, franchise, the franchise or, you know, the main brand is going to have language in their contract as to what you can and cannot do when it comes to marketing. So they're either going to say we're doing it ourselves or you can only work with approved vendors and a lot more franchisees are moving towards an approved vendor list. Um, one, of, one of the brands that I consult with, they, they had to do that because it was just a whole lot of finger pointing and people tripping all over themselves. But uh, for 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 me, it makes more sense to just have one account to rule them all than trying to set up an additional account. So when I got brought in to over-the-top marketing, we had 342 franchisees, and I can't even tell you how many accounts we had. I think there was like 220 accounts. And so I had to come in and start consolidating and getting them all into one account. And then we were able to do bulk verification, which made things a lot quicker. And we did that with the two other brands that we brought on. Um, but that fourth brand that we brought on, Google would not allow us. They said, nope, it belongs to a company that I can't name. And they run, they run the whole kit and caboodle and Google sided with them. So that's kind of how it works. But there are nuances along the way. And the only thing I can really add to that, because Jason and Greg pretty much covered it all is, is that with the question that was specifically saying, should we do it in one, different email addresses for different locations? No, don't do that. The reason is, is that that is a big, big spam signal. So uh, whether you're a franchise or not, you are not going to be immune to a suspension. And you could actually in, in, uh, indirectly take out your other franchise or franchisees that are near your territory because Google doesn't do a great job telling which franchisee basically it, a listing belongs to. So, um, but I think J Jason's advice there, which is, is try to get them into one account and then give ownership or management out to the franchisees, have it at the franchise or level if you can. But again, it depends on the franchise agreement. Okay. All right. That's good guidance here. So, I mean, obviously, you know, as you've all said, and JB, as you put, I think, into the, uh, in the chat, it depends. Uh, there's different situations. And really, I think what it boils down at the end of the day is what is a franchise or franchisee relationship and what, are the con what does it say contractually? Um, that's what you got to go off of with, with, with that. Uh, Jason, good one for you. Uh, this is from Reese. Uh, via our Facebook group, um, are disgruntled former employees allowed to leave negative GMB reviews? Apparently, they are suffering from this right now with their, I believe it's an elder care facility. Yeah, that is a big fat no. So, I, in fact, I had a lady reach out to me yesterday um, about it. She said that she was complaining because the company she worked for was uh, repeatedly flagging and removing her reviews. And she, and then, but she also took a step further and said she has friends and family to go and leave reviews for the business as well. So those are both no goes. Those violates Google's terms of service. You cannot leave. If you are an employee, you cannot leave a review for a company because you have a different inside 
insights to that business that a normal consumer would not have. And so it's an un, it's unfair for you to be able to share those experiences. There's other places you can go to. Go to Glass. You want to you want to leave a review for your employer? That's Glassdoor. That's what they're for. You want to leave comments about your employer? Create a website. Do a blog. You know, have do a blog post. Share your thoughts on Facebook. But you cannot. I repeat, cannot. Not. 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 Ask people to leave reviews. So, and we're seeing it. We're seeing an uptick. Right. I'm seeing an uptick right now in TikTok review attack cases. Right now, where employees are. Um, are, are live live casting on on TikTok um, their their termination wow. or being disgruntled after the fact, and now all of a sudden because of the uptick with uh, TikTok, we're seeing uh, just a huge uptick in in review attack cases from ex employees. So that's my point on that. So best course of action is um, re- re- report it through the forum, report it through customer support. Yes. Uh, yes. Come. Yeah. Supports. You could try doing support, but I mean, that's I, I capital C, capital R, capital Y. Try. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jason, no. One of the. Fo- to, oh, good. Yeah. Come, come to the come to the community forum. Um, I've handled I've handled four TikTok cases in just the past month and a half alone. So that's a, if, if if you're getting a review attack case where the employee is posting on social media and or or a customer is posting on social media saying hey uh, go leave this company you know negative you know one star reviews on Google that's definitely a violation in terms of service come to the forum and we can help out with it. But why don't you talk about the flip side of that, which is the kind of proof that is necessary for Google to actually take action on that review or reviews. Uh, I don't know if I really want to get into that one because I don't know if I want to start reverse engineering, teaching people how to uh, how how to you know not show that evidence. I, I, well, let's just maybe put out some some common sense because I posted a, a response to this in the Facebook group, and it was just like, "Hey, look, as an employer, you're you're going to have proof of if that person was an employee or not." So, you know, you're, you're going to have the information through whatever means it is, you know, I'll throw this out here. I don't know what's necessarily acceptable by, by GMB, but you have, you have records that you can share. Just be prepared to show uh, uh, Google My Business the fact that this person was indeed an employee. That's the basic thing you got to do. Unfortunately, there can also be attacks that come in that are kind of anonymized. So you got to deal with that stuff. But I don't think we need to kick the tires too much more in this one here. Just it is there. Um, if you're dealing with this, you've got to escalate it. And this is part of your reputation management strategy. You've got to keep, keep pace with all these, unfortunately, on different platforms. Uh, any other thoughts on that one? All right. Greg, this one's right up your alley. Uh, could you talk about the cars for sale on GMB for dealerships and how do I get my inventory listed out there? Yep. So that's a new thing. You can see the little uh, animated GIF right there that shows how it works. Currently, it's only on mobile, but it allows car dealerships to list their inventory on their Google My Business profile. So it has a new cars for sale section with little thumbnails. When you click on it, it goes to a what we call the industry of VDP, a vehicle details page that's hosted right there on Google. So it pulls up almost immediately. And then they can either call the dealership from that listing, if they have chat uh, messaging turned on, they can chat from that listing or they can click the view dealer listing and go directly to that full detail page on the dealership's website. So how to get it right now, you have to get it through a partner. Uh, There was something that came out on Google support docs. Ben, what was that? Two weeks ago, week and a half ago, maybe that Google support docs was talking about how you'd be able to, uh, edit your inventory feed or, or control that that experience through your panel on search results if you'd signed up uh, as a beta user, which you currently can't do. So I think it's something that accidentally got added to the help doc a little bit too early. But right now you have to do it through one of the partners that have uh, access to that kind of test with Google. Also, uh, interestingly enough, I was talking to some guys uh, going out to do a Lexus event on the West Coast next month. And one of the guys there must be in some sort of a test because he was pulling it up on desktop and seeing it on desktop. So mm. Google's definitely testing it on desktop. Uh, they, they've said from the beginning at some point they will roll it out on desktop, but a lot of uh, vehicle traffic is on mobile. So that's where they're putting it first. But it's a, it's a really cool thing. Uh, 
and it's it's available now. A lot of dealerships still don't know about it. And the ones that do know about it aren't quite sure how to get it. Uh, there's a lot of providers out there within automotive that offer it now. So is this going to be something um, where a dealer would have to work through a third-party provider to Currently, get yes. this into here? Currently, yes. So because the help doc came out and said, if you are a dealership, and I think the wording was, if you are a dealership that is currently in the beta, you will now be able to uh, control the experience through the panel in search results. And there would be a link. And basically the way it would work is if you want to show your new cars, you give Google a URL of where your new car list is on your site. Google will go and crawl that and then pull the information and put it on there. So you could control which URLs mm -hmm. are there. Uh, but again, that's an experience you can't really do at this point because nobody can do it directly with Google. You have to go through a partner to do this right now. Greg, Max is on our chat with you right now. And apparently they've been dealing with this. And he said that we absolutely need a clean database. We were invited, but their database disqualified them because it wasn't clean. We were invited, but our database disqualified us. Yeah, um, if you look back up in the thread, he's talking about how he needed a, they needed a really clean, I guess, database of inventory. Um, Max, if you can kind of chat out there and say uh, what it is that was not clean about it. I do know that there are two ways currently. Uh, yeah, we, we offer this to our dealership clients through one of those partners. And so I, I am pretty familiar with how it works. There's two possible ways right now to get your inventory connected. The easiest is you just give Google uh, a link to your new car inventory and your used car inventory. Google goes and crawls it, pulls all the information, makes it appear like it shows in the little animation here. The other way is all car dealerships have some sort of an inventory feed from their inventory provider, from their DMS system at the dealership. And you can give that inventory feed to Google and Google takes it out of the inventory feed. But there are certain fields that are required. One of the big ones is you have to have a price listed for the cars. So if you are sending new cars in, or I'm sorry, if you're sending used cars, for example, you've got a new car that's already in your feed because you either have it and you're working on conditioning it to put it up for sale, or you just, just got it off of the truck and you don't have it. You've got it on your site, but you haven't taken pictures. You don't have a price. If there's nothing in the price field, it breaks the whole uh, shebang. So you have to have a price for every individual vehicle. You, you've got to have like top line information all in there. So if, if it's any of that sort of stuff, uh, and Max is saying, yes, exactly. So uh, Max, it's either you don't have that in your feed or you don't have it on your site. Uh, we were just dealing with this with a dealer, uh, a newer client recently. And we basically said, hey, look, I know that you don't have prices yet because the cars are at the dealership, but not really on the lot where someone can just walk up and buy it today. Yep. You're going to have to go ahead and just add a price for everything as soon as you get it, or it's going to break it and you're not going to be able to show anything. So, so, Greg, if you want to, I, I highly recommend reach out to, I'm oh, sorry, not Greg, but uh, Max, reach out to Greg. Uh, even though Greg knows GMB in general and can work with a bunch of different businesses, uh, we, his nickname is kind of the, the car dealer whisperer on this as well, because he, he, he really knows that, that, that area extremely well. Um, Greg or Ben or Jason, you might know this here, uh, is what's going on here kind of an extension of like the Google Merchant Center feeds that go that feed into both Google My Business and Google Ads, because mm. uh, you know, is, is it kind of an extension that is a completely separate program separate. from this? Yeah, this is separate because the Merchant Center allows for a transaction, right? This is not allowing for a transaction. You can't just like uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but you can't just like buy a car off of a GMB profile. No. So um, I think this is just more of Google's way of simply having people stay on Google search, period. Oh, absolutely. And giving more information to the consumer. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on then. Uh, I, think I think we lost Greg again. He's, he's frozen, but at least he was able to, 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 to dive into that question in depth. Now. Oh man, we are having some major Zoom issues this this session here, but uh, that's okay. Greg we'll, we'll keep in and out, Gifford. Motor through that. We'll keep motoring through. Um, here's a here's a good one. I'm not sure, JB. Maybe you want to tackle this one here because I think this is going to be a larger scope than we can actually cover too much in depth. But Austin writes in and says, "Hey, I have no trouble ranking my clients in organic search results for search terms. However, I never can seem to rank them." even within the top five on maps. 
Um, what are the actual secrets to ranking in maps? Or what? And I, I'm, I'm not going to refresh that. Well, not secrets. What are the actual ways that Google ranks and what can we do about it? Uh, can anyone point me to a good resource? But I, I, let's just talk that. Jason, I'd like you to chip in here first and say, you know, hey, what are your thoughts? What's your advice to businesses or agencies when they're saying, hey, I'm just not seeming to get my GMB to, 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 to rank properly? Yeah, so there's there's multiple things. I mean, we know that you know a Google uh, map is based off of relevance, prominence, and um, I forgot what the other one is. But proximity. 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 Yeah. So so the thing so things that I always tell people to do is um, make sure that you create the basic necessities of um, of citations, right? And so <laughs> I've noticed when you put an order in for a lot of these companies, whether it be Bright Local, uh, White Spark, or Yext, or you know Uberall, you'll notice that it. I've noticed that it triggers the suggested uh, business information or what we call the the knowledge panel, which shows your business listing on the on the right hand side of the screen. So those are the things that I would look at first. Also, links do play a a, a major benefit in in GMB. It could also be your categories could be off if you're not using the right primary category. No matter what you do from a from an SEO standpoint, you're not going to see you know uh, an impact in your GMB rankings. And depending on where you're linking your GMB to, so if you're not linking, so if you're linking your GMB to your homepage and your homepage is not properly optimized for your lo- your locale and your category and keywords, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. So I always tell people, you know. Look at your look at your your website. Make sure you're doing a technical audit of your website. Make sure your GMB is not just linking to your homepage, but think about like you're setting up a, a think of GMB. I hate to say this because it, it infuriates me. We will say refer to GMB as our ad, but think of your GMB as an extent as a paid ad, and you're always going to be linking your paid ad to the specific landing page that you want, not just your homepage. And I think a lot of people screw up. And they link just to their homepage and thinking that that's going to fix everything. So I would look at I would look at all those things. I would make sure that you're uploading photos, that you're getting customers to upload photos, that they're um, that you're getting you're getting you know a handful of new reviews. Even though Mike Blumenthal said after X amount of reviews, whether it's five, twelve, twenty for your business or your industry, you're not going to see any more benefits from new reviews. So don't think okay, I just need to go out and get like a hundred reviews. No, you, I mean, you want to have a steady influx of, of people coming to your listing and leaving reviews and engaging with it. A couple of things. So we'll start off. I mean, uh, Jason's absolutely correct. Primary category is the most important, but you also want to pay attention to your secondary categories. Using a tool like JMB Spy or Plepper, you can easily find out where your competitors are using for their secondary categories. So you should definitely mimic those. That'll give you a little bit wider reach. Uh, two other things that weren't really discussed here, but should be brought up, and that is, is no matter how much we like it, the name of the business actually does matter. Um, at least today it does. Not saying you should spam the hell out of your key, of keywords into your business name, because you shouldn't. Um, it's a zero-sum game that's not going to last too many years, So, but you should definitely think about it. Uh, the other thing is, is and you know, this I, people don't talk about this enough. I think uh, I had a client yesterday ask me, like, "Well, hey, I'm thinking about you know making this modification of my listing. I'm ranking in this city, but I'm not ranking in this city. And why is that?" And I asked him straight up. I was like, "Okay, well, where was your verification address?" He's like, "Oh, my verification address was in this city, which is where I don't want to rank." It's like, "Okay, well, that's your problem." The verification address, whether you're a storefront or a service area-based business, is going to have a huge impact. That's your your um, uh, <laughs> proximity, mm-hmm. uh, basically, is that mm-hmm. what's going to affect. But like Jason was saying, your website's also extremely important. The content on your website and what you're doing there, the links that you're getting, what those you know, all of that matters because the local algorithm is laid on top of the algorithm of the organic algorithm. They work together. So um, that's important to understand. Greg? Yeah. Hey, Greg, welcome back, man. Sorry, guys. Zoom is not cooperating today. It keeps crashing on me. That's okay. Well, we, we've got you on here now. I want to let you take a stab at this question. We had a, a great question from uh, Austin who was saying, 
Uh, they can map their, they can uh, rank their clients in organic, but having a difficult time ranking in GMB. What are the key factors, in your opinion, that help a GMB listing rank better? Well, I mean, the key factors, we'd want to know more about what's going on in that situation. I'm probably going to say exactly the same thing these guys did. I just wasn't here to hear it. But I would first start by asking, where's that client? Because if you're looking at a metro area and it's something like I'm in Dallas, right now I'm in Plano, which is about 25 minutes north of Dallas. And if that client wants to rank in the map pack in Dallas, probably not going to happen because their address isn't in Dallas. So look at where their address actually is, because the map pack is really going to be heavily based on the actual physical location. So most people can go in and sure you can cheat like he was talking about by stuffing keywords, but don't do that. You don't need to cheat, but it's business name keywords going to have an effect, but don't cheat. Categories have an effect. So make sure you've got the right categories. Check the categories that those guys that are outranking you have. So if you are all in the same city and those guys are beating you, see what's different. Do they have different categories selected or do they have the same category selected, but a different primary category selected or look at their reviews? Do they have significantly more than you or a significantly better score than you? But most of the time when this comes up, when I'm talking to people, whether it's car dealers or attorneys or whatever, or talking to people out at conferences, usually it's somebody that it's just a location and proximity issue. They're wanting to show up in that city, but they're 30 or 45 minutes away. Okay, cool. You got to educate that client. Here's how the map pack works. You want to show up for people in Dallas, but you're 30, 45 minutes away from Dallas. When somebody is looking, especially if they specify, I want a Dallas plumber, Dallas electrician, Dallas doctor, Dallas bar, whatever it might be, Dallas pizza delivery. As soon as you specify a city, Google says, I'm going to give you results that are located in that city. Now, sure, sometimes you can show up if you're not in that city, if it's not super dense competition. But like if I'm looking for HVAC repair in Dallas, there's probably 800 people in the metro area that do HVAC repair in Dallas. If I'm 20 minutes north of Dallas, I'm never going to show up in the map pack no matter what I do. Great. And oh, I think we may have lost Greg again. He just froze. Um, I I put a uh, but he got in the the important information. Um, We had a quick question here. How, How can you check the categories? of a GMB listing and, uh, you know, Ben and Jason both type in and chat GMB spy and plepper will both do that for you. Um, I did put a link to a great video that Greg himself did, uh, a while ago. And, uh, it's just a quick little way that you can actually check your, your competitors categories. Ben, you know, if that, if that little tactic still works. Ben's muted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Let me bring this, this, this link over Ple- here real quick. Ple- you know, yeah, Plepper. Plepper. Yeah, Plepper is, the, is, is by far, hands down, the best. I recommend it over everything because they've added so many great okay. nuances to it. It'll yeah. actually let you know if the listing is actually verified or unverified, which is super awesome. Plus, they've got some other cool nuances. You can get the CID and you can get the uh, place ID. So, Plepper. Awesome. And also, also the, really, the thing that I love about the most is the fact that if you go into Local Finder, it'll look at the, the top 20 results and it'll give you, it express basically all the data in percentages. So how many of the 20 are using category X? How many are using category, subcategory Y? Number of reviews on average. I mean, there's tons of data that it gives you. Um, yep. Somebody in chat mentioned GMB Everywhere, by the way. You can use GMB Everywhere too. You know, it's kind of like GMB Spy with a lot more data. Um, yeah. I use it as well. So, you know, it, it's good. I mean, I would say just use all the tools, find the one that you like and get rid of the others. Hey, Greg, um, I posted a little link here that to uh, something you, you ran, uh, I think it was last, last year or something. You had a little video on how yep. to check competitors, Google My Business categories just by kind of, you know, looking at the um the the raw html code of the page does this trick still work yeah it still works that's actually uh how those chrome plugins are finding that data is they know where to go and and parse it out of the code so that still works but i mean there's plugins that do it for you why dig through code if you can do it with plugin that's a good point (laughs) i just wanted to share this though because it was a great little video you did on our site last year so unless you like to be nerdy like if you like to be nerdy and dig around in the in the in the code then yeah do it this way it's fun who, who it's harder like it's harder no it's 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 more it's more difficult to find it in the code now google has actually 
has actually moved it. And, and, and so these tools are going to save you a whole lot of time and energy. Awesome. Trust me. Um, yeah. Also, just one more thing. I mean, GMB everywhere and uh, also Plepper. I mean, like I said, there's tons more data that you're getting. Like you can get the CID, you know, for instance. I yeah. mean, yeah. So it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, I got a really, really fun one that I want to that I want to tackle here real quick, guys, because just just because it's kind of an odd one, but Nate uh, here actually typed in and says, "Hey, I, I took the a wrong turn the other day on the internet and ended up on Yahoo. I happen to be looking for a local business and found a business profile. I doubt Yahoo has a platform to manage the listing. Would that be being places that manages the listing, or is it fed from Yelp? Well, Nate." Do we have a show for you? Um, you're going to get a kick out of this. I wrote this like four years ago or something like that, five years ago. Um, and this is this was back when when Yahoo was spinning off a, separate, a company called Abaco. I mean, I got to update this. But what's funny is this is the most commented article on Local Marketing Institute, period. I mean... Just check this out. Look at all these comments on this article. For some reason, I don't know why people just want to get a free listing on Yahoo. The answer is, if you live in the United States, you, yet, you still can get a free listing on Yahoo. Yahoo does maintain its own directory out there, its own business listings out there. Um, Yext, they, out, they completely outsource this to Yext. However, I'm going to show you the little, little key here. And when you go through and you outsource this, now watch them true me wrong. I just literally checked this the other day. Um, I'm going to go to high hops. So you, this is actually powered by, by Yext. Um, and I got to get the high hops. I got to get their phone out here real quick. I forgot it is high hops brewery. Sure. It's, it's, sure everybody, it's, not, everybody keeps, it's not memorized. Eric. Yeah. You think I should. It's I, I like it well enough. You think everybody would ask about this. But where did I put this here? Here we go. Oh. All right. So 970. Okay. I got to at least have the phone number there. Oh, of course. Yeah. Big tester. Because <clears throat> they're going to try to reach out and contact me. They're probably, you know, High Hops keeps wondering why in the world they keep getting calls from Yahoo every month or two as I'm verifying that this still works here. Business type, <laughs> one location business. So I've only tested this for single location businesses in the United States. That's all I can vouch for. I can't vouch for any of that stuff. All right. I'm going to go here. I'm going to just go out and fix my listings now. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Business email, big at whatever.com. And it won't update their information. So no worries about that. I'm not screwing out. Now, when you get to choosing the packages, this is all basically, as you can see, it's Yext up here at the top. Scroll down here, claim your basic Ooh. listing oh, only yeah. on Yahoo yes. here. Click that. And then now, and this, this was part of, their, part of their deal when they outsourced to, to, to Yelp. They said, hey, we still got to be able to, we still want to have free listings Yext. available. But they, I'm sorry, access to, to Yext. But they, um, they buried it really far, but there's where it is. You can come down here, you can get your free listing. So Nate, there you go. That's how you get your free listing on, on Yahoo. Impress your friends, show up with trivia at the next PubCon or local search conference, and no one will care because the Yahoo listing really isn't all that important anyway. But it's still another great citation you can put out there. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys? No, Sneaky. that was... Uh, this well, still works. Was, this still well, works. And, and also, I mean, Yahoo uh, parses data directly from, uh, from Yelp, too. So as soon as you go and you create yeah. your Yelp list, and they pull it. Yahoo syndicates in data, like most directories. It syndicates data in from third-party sources. But if you want to directly manage and set up your own listing, you can do it here, and you do not have to pay for it. Uh, but can you, that will help. Can you post a, the link in the chat? Yeah, yeah. Let me put, well, let me post the link to uh, this thing here. Yeah. It's, still, it's still accurate. There you go. That will help you there. Yeah, this is this is this is getting ultra nerdy on that. Um, I wanted to go back quickly on the the, the ranking in, in in organic, but not maps. You guys covered everything. I just wanted to. I was taking notes, and and number one, proximity. You can't change proximity. 
uh, unless you're going to move your business or you're going to go down the spam route, in which case JSON letters are going to smack you down. Um, complete your info as much as you possibly can within the listing, including making sure you've got the right categories and all the right proper attributes and as much information as you can fill out. Complete other key citations, as you said, Jason, you, you guys have actually seen an impact when you actually still, still, still do that. Have a good review strategy. Greg, you touched on this. You've got to have a good review strategy. What, how, how many reviews do you have versus other folks? You've got to have a, a consistent, good flow of reviews. Um, optimizing your website. Ben, you touched on this with good keywords and, and, uh, and other organic tactics. And then again, I'll throw this one out because this didn't get brought up. Fight spam. Look at the other listings that are ranking ahead of you and look at their reviews and look at their, at their listings and try. And, and hey, if there's spam stuff that's ranking ahead of you, take action against it. Spam fighting is one of the best ways to move up in the rankings in certain kinds of markets. So I'll just throw that out there for what that's worth. All right. Can you fight spam on Yahoo? Yes. I don't know if you can fight spam on Yahoo. I'm not talking about Yahoo. I was talking about Google at this yeah. point here. <laughs> can fight so. spam anywhere. You can fight spam anywhere. You can. Um, okay. Um, here's an interesting one. Greg, I'm not sure if you've had any, any experience with this one here, but Travis asks, has anyone had success registering as an agency with Google My Business? I have followed the steps. I even created a new email address. It wasn't already associated with any GM GMBs, but I keep getting an error message. Um, any insights that you might have on that would be appreciated. Um, are you, you, do you want to talk about the agency program? With, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I don't, I, I've not seen that error message. So it would almost be the kind of thing I'd have to almost try to replicate it and see what's going on. Or, you know, for sure well, you could always anything related to GMB, go post it on the community forum and see if anybody can escalate and help. Well, maybe let's give a quick overview because I don't think we've talked about this before. Uh, what, what's been your experience with, with the agency and what are kind of the, 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 the benefits here? Uh, I mean, we don't typically do the, the agency setup because we, uh, we kind of have the opinion that GMB should really be controlled by the business owner and not really by the agency because we always tell clients own everything you can and really kind of be the gatekeeper on who has access to your GMB so that, you know, I've, I've seen businesses that have 20 or 30 different people that are managers on their GMB and like, why you don't need that many people to have access, um, you know, at an agency level, cool. You can log into your agency dashboard and get into any of your accounts, but you know, it's not that hard to get into any of your accounts anyway. So we don't really use it. Hmm. Yeah, I could totally well, see that. I got ben? some stuff here. Yeah. So basically, um, as far as the the error that you're getting, uh, I've seen this error a couple times. It's very, very rare. So usually what it is, it's it's just it's more of a timeout type of issue. Just wait a little bit and see if that solves it. Uh, I hate to say it, but try it in another browser as well. And okay. if that doesn't work, um, you can always reach out to support, but I mean, pretty much it's usually just a little bit of a bug. That's all it is. So, you know, like Greg was saying, at the end of the day, you could come to GMB, uh, the community and kind of raise it there. It's pretty much going to be the same kind of answer. So try that first. As far as the benefits to the agency dashboard, um, I was personally resistant to the agency dashboard for probably about two years mainly because I had friends who got entire account level suspensions. There were all sorts of different issues. There are huge issues actually with doing imports um, when it first came out. However, the dashboard is now something that I really, honestly, I live and die by almost in our agency. And because of the, the efficiency and the process flow that comes with the dashboard. Now, um, I agree with Greg. You know, you don't want to own your client's listings. And so the agency dashboard is not really, though, about owning it. It's about managing. And the, the cool thing is, is that you can set up an account structure. All right. And that's probably the most important aspect to it is um, the account structure can be basically at the hierarchy is, is kind of the owner of the agency account, which is just one email address at your domain name. Um, the secondary is, is that you have users and then you have managers. And these are different than users and managers on GMB listings. They're owning basically, in a sense, um, 
well, depending on what access you give them, either individual profiles or how I prefer to do it with location groups. So how I have mine set up is, is I have every one of my team members, they are a member of the organization. So which means that they're basically have manager access in a sense to whatever I give them. Then what I do is, is for all of our white label partners is I create a location group specifically just for that partner. A, they're white label. So now I can give it some uh, some name that is not steady demand, right? So I, it's usually like uh, name a partner SD so they know it's steady demand and then GMB so the client knows that it's a GMB. It's something to do with GMB management. And then what I have is, is I have a catch-all uh, location group as well. That catch-all location group is for my direct clients. So now when uh, a client basically is, we need to get control of their GMB, we can do it in a couple of different ways. A, with the dashboard, we can actually send an invitation. So we can go ahead and, um, or I'm sorry, a request. If it's a storefront, it doesn't work with service area business businesses yet. And so you do that and they just get an email and you put in your information and they hit accept and bang, now you have access. But on port and but another aspect of that is you can keep track of this flow through the entire process. So there's no more emailing somebody saying, did you get my request? Did you add my email address? Things like that. Cuts down on all of that. Go for it, Eric. I got more. I was just going to say, when, when, when we're ready here, I got, we're running a little short on time here, and I got one final okay. question I want to ask Greg here. So, but, but finish up your thought, though, Ben. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, so that, that's really the high level of it, okay, is granularity as far as user control, also organization. So um, I would highly suggest doing it, basically, I guess is, my, is the big point. And also any incoming requests, you get to see in a, in a list at the same time, too. So again, no more asking. Did you just send me that invite? Yeah. I did want to point out, though, I think Greg brought up a very, very good point at the beginning of this. Businesses, make sure that you are the owner of your GMB listing. No agency should be the owner of your listing. You need to own your own assets. This is huge. I've also seen this happen with Google Analytics properties where the agency yep. owns the Google Analytics property under their account, they give you access to it. And then when you leave, they're like, oh, no, we're keeping that. Um, you always want to own your own digital assets and then give access to the agency to utilize those accounts, in my opinion. Yes, Tricia, you're absolutely right. Own your shit. So <laughs> yep. um, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. The, the, the question I wanted to ask you guys here, Mike uh, asks this one here. Uh, Greg, in one of the SEM Rush videos, you mentioned that crappy church links work for local SEO. My question is, as a web design agency, I leave a link to my website on all local clients' bottom bar under the footer. However, SEM Rush is flagging those as toxic. Should I stop doing that? Should I disavow those? Uh, a, don't worry about disavowing them. B, you always have to think about what's going on when you're using these tools. These tools, no matter which tool it is, no matter how good the tool is, is always a general look at things. The reason it's calling it a, a toxic link is because it sees that you're creating all these different websites and all the websites have the exact same anchor text that points back to your site, which looks spammy. Does it mean Google's going to penalize you for that? Absolutely not. Google's smart enough to understand, hey, you're a web design company and you're saying the site was designed by that. Now, some things that you could do to just make sure that you're safe, because like if you're doing lots and lots and lots of sites, that can get to be a pretty bad looking pattern. So just make sure the link is no followed and then you don't worry about it. And you shouldn't be worried about your own SEO and that you're not going to show up well if you don't have links from all your client sites. That's not a great link profile anyway. Your link profile needs to look natural and you should be earning links that you earn because you're awesome and you have good info, not because you're just adding it to every single website that you make. So don't do those links for SEO. Do those links for conversion because if somebody sees the kick-ass site you made, you want them to be able to come to you and say, I like that kick-ass site. Can you make one for me? But from an SEO standpoint, just no follow the link. Don't worry about it. And just because it says it's toxic doesn't mean it's really hurting you. <laughs> and I was corrected on this. It's an old habit of mine to say SEM rush. I know everybody says it's SEM rush. No, 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 that's what it is. No, just because they said it's SEM rush that's because the company is European based 
And everybody in Europe has always called it SEMrush. But we don't do CO, we do SEO. So it's SEM. So it's SEM Rush. And I will always call it that. And too bad because I'm permanently on the SEM Rush Academy calling it SEM Rush. So it's vindication in my eyes. Vindication. Insert the Morty meme. Ins- there we go. And then Morty meme. And here, here Morty's going to come after you. He will, he will, but they, you can see they, they even this out here. Is it SEM rush or SEM rush? And then of course I like this answer. What, what's SEM rush? Um, okay, cool. So I, I feel, I feel vindicated. Um, you know, Greg, I need to buy you a beer just for that alone. <laughs> hey guys, thank yeah, you so much. for. I need to buy you a beer for dealing with all of my zoom issues today. Hey, you know what, dude? You were a rock star. Thanks for joining in, overcoming the technical issues, coming in. You added a ton of value here. Really do appreciate you. Jason, Ben, as always, you guys are fantastic. Um, And I want to thank everyone who took the time to join us on this. So uh, we will reconvene here uh, for our next session. Let everybody know when that's going to be. I'm going to be on vacation next week, but I may go ahead and run a session next week. We'll find out. Stay tuned. But in the meantime, you all have a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you guys guys very soon. Cheers. Cheers. Be proud of y'all.